You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church, and with me for the first time is Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church. New Amen. Amen. So Mark is now the uh, pastor at Meadow Run Community Church, and uh, we thought this would be an appropriate time to talk about transitions, because uh, people change things in their lives they change congregations and uh they move and all that kind of stuff change jobs change careers this would be a great time to talk about that and how to deal with that from a christian standpoint and just a heads up uh, i had the same conversation with a group of moms on our naps or nothing podcast talking about how moms transition this is one mom transitioning from this living in the city of pittsburgh to literally living on a farm with sheep and cows like <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but Google Green Acres. This is this is literally what this is. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we talked about it, and I thought, wow, you know, Mark is in a transition himself, so it would be great to talk about that. And when I say we are talking about it, I told Mark it's mainly going to be him because it's his transition. So I'm gonna, I'm going to turn it over to him. Uh, transitioning, it's it's. Something like you, like Floyd said, we do every day of our lives. Transition hits all of us. Um, you know, we transition from one job to another, from a loved one who has passed away. Suddenly, you have to transition into a new life without that person. Um, in my case, the church transitioning from from uh, pastor to pastor it can be difficult. No one really likes change. No one really likes to be a part of change. But change is something that happens. And it should be something that helps us grow both spiritually and in, in our maturity as a person. Um, when, we, when we make the right transition and we make the right choices, that should, be, that should help us grow from from one to another. I mean, I, I was telling our church in the first official sermon I preached for, um, for Meadowrun as, as their pastor, their new pastor was, we, we were going through the book of Joshua. And I said, what a, what a better person to talk about transition than Joshua, because Joshua was was Moses's right hand man all the way through from when they left Egypt until Moses passed away right before they entered into the promised land and he had been he had been preparing for that transition 40 years some of us don't have 40 years to prepare for a transition for for a, a transition we have to we have to, you know, it, it comes on suddenly sometimes. And uh, so transformation can happen. And, and, and the Bible speaks about transformation all through it. I mean, what does Romans uh, 12, 2 say? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the spirit of God. So 
what is what is it what does it mean to be transformed you know it means getting your mind right with moving forward uh, you can't you can't move forward if you're always looking backward you can't look forward if you if you if you're afraid to get your feet wet in in Joshua's story, in the Israelite story, there were two and a half tribes that decided we're going to stay on this side of the river because we're settled. We've got everything here. We don't need to go any further. We're not going to cross the river. And they didn't. Only the men of valor, the, the, the warriors crossed the river with Israelite because that was a covenant they made with Moses that they would go on and, and, and protect them. So it's a matter of are you content with where you are or do you want to move forward something better? All right, so that, that brings up a good point because previously you were uh, you were one, teaching pastor at Crossroads. Uh, you were um, involved in leading Bible studies and ministry at Gospel, is it Gospel Alliance, Gospel Alliance Church. And you would travel like wherever God would take you to talk about the persecuted church. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's talk about the persecuted church for a minute. So you still have the Facebook group uh, for to pray yeah. for it and to bring up the plight of the persecuted church. But do you still see that as something that will be a part going forward that you'll do? Or do you think, is like that something you're going to be able to take with you and still, still do? Obviously, you have commitments every Sunday morning. Right. Um, yeah. It, it uh, is something that we can continue to do and something we will continue to do. Um, but it will look different. Um, there will be uh times where if i need to go speak i'm going to request that we do it on a saturday and which may change some people from coming um or it may actually be better if we do it on us on a saturday you know um so i'm, I'm going to have to reschedule re rework some of those schedules around when they come up and uh availability to it um, the other thing we could do is a Zoom on a on a Saturday evening or something. You know, there are there are there, there are a group of people that follow the persecuted church that we have Zoom meetings once a month, and so I'll still be involved in those and still be involved in that type of a a role with them. But, but my role would be more of a I will send you information I think than uh, actually being in person sometimes. Okay. Uh. So I and I, I bring that up because sometimes people think, hey, when you transition, everything you did before has to stop or has to end. And I no. love the way you put it. Um, you know, yeah, this is gonna continue. It's just gonna look differently. Uh, right. You know, for where God has you. But let me let me bring this up too, because I personally love the story um whereas you were talking about this congregation is one that you already had a relationship with right uh, a few years ago um 
you began speaking there when I forget the name of the pastor that was there. Uh, pastor Van Sickle. Yeah. And then when he did he leave or did he? Die? No, he passed away. He passed away when he passed away. Uh, they began looking for a new pastor, and I'm going to let you take it from there. <laughs> yeah, they began looking for a new pastor. They had interviewed several of us, and um, back then, as it was at this time, too, I wasn't really interested in being a pastor. I said I'd come and be an interim pastor for them, um, and that's what you know I, I would do for them. It was. It came down to where they they asked me and they asked one other guy to come back for consecutive weeks to, to preach and, and make their decision. And the other guy was several years younger than I am, and uh, decided they wanted to go with younger minister, which I totally understand. But keep in mind that the average age of this church is sixty five. So um, they they decided to do that, and after two years, the young pastor decided this wasn't his fit. And in January uh, or December was his last month to preach at the church, and and from January until now, they didn't have a pastor; they were just having people come in. And uh, but it was. Um, you, know, you 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 think about that and you think well what what's the difference you know one i think is and it's nothing to, to do with him personally but he he took on the role more of a job this was his job than it was his calling and there's a lot of pastors in the pulpit today all over the place but think of the church as their job not their calling when you think of it as your job you think about well i need to get an increase i need to get this i need to get that i need to get that when you think of it as a calling it doesn't matter what they pay you it doesn't matter if they pay you you're there because god called you to be there and in that, you know, that's not saying the pastors should not get paid. Let me say that pastors do need to be paid. Um, but um, it, 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 is, it is a difference when you priorities, when you, when you mess up the priorities. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for one second just to say this, because I am usually the one who blames the pulpit uh, in this instance. This instance, I really am going to blame the people because in instances like that, most congregations, they want the younger pastor with more kids. Yeah. They go for the pretty shiny thing, you know, yeah. that, that, you know, like, yeah. um, instead of going for, hey, God, who is the best, best fit for our needs and to equip us to do what you are calling us to do in this community? Yeah. That should be the number one question uh, way before you get to well, how many kids do you have and, you know, how old are you and all that stuff? It's, hey, right. God, who, who, who is the best fit for what you're calling us to do? And I feel like they could have avoided a lot of pain and, and, and anguish. And I'm not saying they didn't do that. I'm not saying anything against right. them. I'm just right. saying that they went with the, hey, 
let's go with the younger guy because he's going to bring in the younger people, which is traditionally what a lot of people do. And it ends up being uh, a mistake. Yeah. That's, that's and, not one of the characteristics that God right. is looking for. Right. And, and, and you know, take, take in consideration when, when, they're, when they were thinking this, they had just lost their pastor of uh, 35 or so years. Um, he died of cancer was preaching up until about three weeks before he passed away um he was an older gentleman he was in his 70s and they they were looking at okay we went through this for so long with him he was part of their families we can't take another disappointment or letdown yeah. So let's take the healthier young guy versus the, the older guy. The yeah. older guy who may not be as healthy as the younger guy or fit as the younger guy. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and that's fine. I, I I have no no worms about it whatsoever. When I decided to take this church, and uh, they offered it to me, and I and I decided. I talked to my wife about it and said, Don, you know, what do you want to do? Because in our last pastorate, we were hurt. And, and uh, so, you know, we transitioned from that into normal life again, if there is such a thing. And, and um, so I, I, I had to consider her considerations in this transition period. And also, um, but I, I, one of the factors is, I never felt the Lord not calling me to this area. You know, I, I still, even though they had called another pastor, they had put another pastor in, I still felt like God was calling me ministry in that area somehow, some way. And I didn't know how, and I didn't know when, and I didn't know why. I just waited patiently god to reveal that well let me let me ask you this because you bring up another interesting point um you know you said you had conversations with don because a lot of people don't consider especially for when you're talking about a church whether it be the pastor or whether it be you know you're just a member of the congregation and you want to change churches it impacts the entire family yes they're involved in that congregation so um, how did, how did Dawn see it? What were her, um, if any, that you want to share, you know, what were her concerns, things she was looking forward to, um, things, uh, that she like wanted to make sure were considered during this transition? Um, her concerns were mainly for me. That because I do have health issues and, and things, and she didn't know if I physically could take getting back into the pastorate and doing all the rigged things that we have to do throughout the week uh, that people don't even know we're doing. Yeah, and we're we're going to talk about those things because yeah, the first couple of weeks you went at it head 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 on. Yeah, and, and people don't understand. You know that the pastor's job is not just preaching on Sunday morning. The pastor's job, if, if the pastor is doing his job correctly, is 
a lot more detailed than just Sunday morning service that you see. There's a lot of preparation that goes into that Sunday morning service. So, um, but um, her concern number one was for me. But then we 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 prayed about it and we said, you know, if the Lord's going to open this door, He will provide the strength I need to walk through the door. So that that kind of that went on the back burner. The other one was just people. Um, it's a very small congregation. And like I said, mostly older folks. Um, there's one couple in there that is around Don's age. Um, but um, for the most part, they're 60, 65, 70, 75. Our piano players eight in their 80s. Um, so there, it's a small congregation. But it's, a, it's a very warm, loving conversation or congregation. And um, once we got in and started, you know, from two years ago, they welcomed us as family when we first went up to preach over two years ago. And so it was, it was as if we never had left when we came back. And that made Don feel more comfortable about the whole thing. Um, as I mentioned in our last pastorate, ended kind of abruptly because of some some very poor decisions on a lot of people's parts including mine um and uh so it hurt a lot and it took us a long time to get over that hurt and so she she had that in the back of her mind too she doesn't want me to be treated nor do i want her to be treated disrespectfully you know, as we move forward, so. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, they they change churches as members, like some people decide, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to shop at this grocery store anymore. I'm going to shop at this one. Or, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go to McDonald's anymore. I'm going to go to Burger King or whatever. They just think it's just that easy, but they don't realize that you're talking about changing and moving away from family because there are, are yeah. connections there. Uh, there are people that you get to know and that you, you know, uh, you yeah. treat like family. Uh, but let's talk about your 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 day-to-day -day transition now, because your day-to-day -day looks a lot different now than it did before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, let's talk about, <laughs> let's just jump into your first week. Uh, what were you hoping it would look like? And then what did it end up looking like? My first week wasn't too bad. It was the second week <laughs> was the week that was crazy. But um, no, I, I wanted to jump in and I wanted to to um, be excited about jumping in, be, being enthusiastic jumping in. And I was hit with two funerals right off the bat. Uh, one in the church, one out of the church, but, you know, two funerals. So my first week's sermon, I was all prepared. I was really great to go at it. It was a great service. Second week, not so much because I was preparing for a funeral and preparing for um, the other, you know, the church service. And plus I'm teaching a Bible study on Thursday nights, teaching a Bible study on Sunday mornings. So it was at a different church. So it, it was kind of like, wham um 
and uh, which is which is kind of a good thing because I I'm a big procrastinator sometimes. But I think if if it wouldn't have hit me to where I would have had to have gotten my deadlines done, I wouldn't have done them. Um, but it was different. I mean, my day to day now instead of getting up and and uh, doing the things around the house and and just having a, a leisure time of doing them i have to get stuff done and then i have to get to work and uh you know like i said i i, I don't think a lot of people who are not in the pastorate understand the preparation and the study and and things that goes into preparing a sermon and i'm not i'm not saying that try to disrespect anyone it's just i think pastors over the years just think people think that we can open the bible because we're called of god we can open the bible anywhere preach a 30-minute sermon and know all the background about it and that's just not the case in my case i there are still things in the bible i'm learning every day and i have to research out and find out well why did they go to jericho first you know and uh and and things like that so it's it, it is different it, it is a big change i'm not taking the kids to daycare regularly anymore because it's a, you know i don't have time to do that now um so and again it's is a transition like you said it's not just my transition it's the family transition too yeah. because i i went from I went from taking Zaina's kids, my adopted daughter upstairs, her kids to daycare every day to only taking them when I'm absolutely needed um, because I need to get, basically that came about because I had these funerals that I had to take care of and I had to prepare for those and had to meet with family. I had to do the things that you do for a funeral. And um, so didn't have time to take them to school and the kids they're, they're four three and two the two younger ones just didn't understand why pappy wasn't taking them to school anymore they thought especially the three-year-old thought she did something wrong because i wasn't taking her to school anymore hmm. yeah, yeah. And, you know you gotta sit down and talk to them and tell them no you didn't do anything wrong you know pappy still loves you it's just pappy's really busy right now you know so it, it is you know it, it is a big change for for everyone and i i i i just want to hammer in something you said to make sure people get it because most people think yeah that's all pastors do is prepare a sermon and it's not and and even if that was all we did that takes time uh, but they don't realize the time that we spend ministering to people um, or the time that we spend kind of like, I don't know if this is the best term, but kind of like being the face of the congregation to the community out interacting with right. people on behalf of the congregation. Um, and I know, uh, like just last week, um, I had several days where, okay, I've got, here are the seven things I need to get done today, but one phone call that's supposed to be 15 minutes that turns into an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. And now it's not like, okay, five o'clock comes and you go home. You still have these things that you have to get done. 
and then the next day you know another phone call and then yeah. you know the next day here's a crisis you know you know shooting whatever blah and then in, in the community or in the neighborhood and so you're trying in our case it was you know a fire a family up the street from the church who's home caught on fire so all these things yeah. take time away that you're going out you're responding to you're ministering to people and i think people forget that one of the primary roles of a pastor is to shepherd your congregation right that takes time to help people respond to people listen to people be there for people uh, all of that in addition to sermon preparation in addition to you know uh, interacting on behalf of the congregation with the community. So yeah. it, it's a, it's a lot of stuff that people don't even think about. Right. Well, uh, I had one guy, I, he texted me in the morning and I hadn't gotten back to him by the afternoon. So he left the church yeah. and I'm like, okay, I, I, I can't help you. Um, I, right. I just, because for my own sanity, on the days that I'm working on my sermon, my phone is on silent. Right. Uh, it, it is on silent. And if I happen to look and see someone texted or called, uh, I'll respond. The only calls that are allowed through are, are from my wife, uh, right. my, my, my kids. But anyone else, it, it doesn't even tell me that it, it, it rang. And if I just happen to look at my phone, I'll see that. That's the only way I saw that he texted. And uh, it was a couple hours later, and he was like, well, since you don't want to answer me, I guess I'll find another church to go to. Yeah. And I'm like, love you in the Lord. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> but people yeah. don't get that, you know, we, there's one of us, and there's, you know, 20, 30, 50, 100, 250, whatever of them. Right. They don't get that. And each of them feels like they need to be the priority. And each of them feels like whatever they're going through that they want us to help them with is the priority. Um, yeah. And so I just want, you know, the six of you guys that listen to this podcast to get that. We do love you. We do care about you. But just like you, we have family. We have priorities. Yeah. We want to be there for you, uh, but not to the extent of our own well-being and mental health. And, and it's important that we pastors let our congregations know that i mean i stood up there week before they hired me at this church i thought for sure they were not going to hire me this church because i laid it out where if you're looking for a perfect pastor you're not going to find him in me i will let you down i will screw up i will forgive something i will you know there's things I will do that I'm not going to be perfect, but you're not a perfect people either. Yeah. None of us are perfect. And then I got into the, you know, the idea of with transition, one of the things about transition is that we find it easier to be comfortable where we are instead of moving where God wants us to move. So you will hear you will hear people say, well, we never done it that way before. Well, you never done it that way before because you never tried to do it that way before. If you don't want to grow, then stay where you are. You won't transition into anything. 
but God intends for us to grow daily with him. And that means that daily we are transforming our minds, renewing our minds through the word of God. And if all you do is pick up the Bible on Sunday mornings when you go to church, and maybe open it up when a preacher preaches, then you're not going to be, you're not going to be able to transform your mind and renew your mind. Well, let me do this. I want to share this because uh, I had a conversation. Uh, I told our congregation, you know, to be in prayer for you that, uh, that you were considering this. And uh, I had someone ask me, well, you know, this is the guy that you're, you're teaching pastor. Do you want him to go to another congregation? I was like, I fully want him to be used however God wants him to use him. You know, yeah. no matter what that looks like. And this was before you and I had actually, we had made plans to, but we hadn't gone up there yet. And I told them, we're going up there to pray, you know, for that community and that congregation, um, that if this is the place that God wants them to be, that, that, that God will use them there. Uh, and I know a lot of, a lot of people think there's uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um, animosity or whatever, when, you know, People leave one church and go to another that, okay, we're done now. We can't be friends. We can't be this. We can't right. be that. And I have had, I know this sounds bad, but I have had so many people leave my congregation that I'm still friends with, that I still hang out with, that I still yeah. talk with. Uh, um, the drummer that I was telling you about that was going to drum for us at the thing this weekend, he, does, he used to go to our church. He doesn't go anymore. Um, but he was still willing to come help us out. And actually, I was going to go help him move some furniture uh, the day before. And that's that's actually how I, he said, don't come help me move the furniture because, you know, I tested positive for COVID. Uh, but people think that that ends the relationship. And that I, I feel like they don't if, if they think that they don't fully understand what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Right. They understand what it means to be a part of a local congregation or a denomination. Right. But they don't understand what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Right. Right. And, and, and that's, I, I get, this is one where I do blame the pulpit, but I mean, like you, I have told our congregation over and over, I'm not perfect. Uh, I may hurt you. It's not intentional because I care about you, but there are some things that you're going to, I'm going to say one way. You're going to hear another way. Or I'm going to say in a totally stupid way that hurts you because I'm human. Yeah. I'll make mistakes. But never let any of that stop us from being family. Right. That's, that's, right. that's what God calls us to be. We're a part of the family of God, of God's kingdom. Yeah. Um, so I think, it, I, think it's, I think that's something that a lot of people uh, need to hear. Um, that you don't, yeah. you know, even, even if, hey, I have to leave here because you know, things didn't go well or whatever, I can still hang on to some of those relationships. I don't have to cut the whole congregation off because me and, you know, Joe Brown didn't get along, got into an argument, and I felt like I had to leave. Yeah. That's what ends up happening. And God created us with relationship in mind. Yeah. I mean, he, he created us to have these relationships. And some of these relationships are deeper than others he created us that way as well you know so we can't 
we can't stand, there's nothing we can do to stand in the way of what God wants to complete. He will get it done one way or the other. And, um, you know, so why not be a willing, a willing participant in his plan than an unwilling, disobedient uh, servant trying to do his plan? Yeah. Now, I feel like um, we'll probably get and hear more about this transition over time. So that I'm yeah. sure there are things that will come up that we can talk about on the podcast. But what specifically can we be praying for, first and foremost, for you as you continue into this transition as pastor of Meadowrun Community Church, but also for that congregation? Um. There's there's a couple of things. Um, I, I'm 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 looking at my role as pastor right now is in a care ministry role. I'm, I'm more caring for the people than I am literally ministering to them. Don't get me wrong, caring and ministering go hand in hand. But um, we need to bring we need to find a way to bring some newness. And freshness to the congregation, to the church, not just the congregation, to me as well. And um, I don't know how to exactly go about that at, at this point. I've got some ideas, but another prayer is to find people outside of the church that can do some things that we need done inside of the church. For example, there was a, a broken water pipe this winter. And they had to take all the drywall off the men's bathroom and kitchen wall and take some cabinets and get rid of them because they were all water damaged and the sound system got water damaged. And right now there's a big hole in the men's bathroom. You go in the men's bathroom, you see into the, into the fellowship hall. So <laughs> that's not a good thing. So we need to get someone who will be willing to come up and, and not charge us an arm and a leg because we're out in the middle of the boonies uh to put some drywall and up and to move some cap some cabinets in and stuff um so we're we're praying about that i have some people in mind uh that that are willing to help but they are so busy that i don't know if they can get to me when i need to get it done um so that's one thing the other thing is that um just pray that we can get into the community. Um, one of the things that Brother Van Sickle was very good at um, was making himself available to not just our church, but any to the community at large. And he didn't live in the community either. I don't live up there. So, you know, but he went up there twice a week and sat at the coffee shop and and talk to people all the time so that's something i want to do i want to be more involved in the community up there um so pray that god gives me strength to be able to do the things that he has put in my heart to do you know um and, and uh just pray for um unity there's a lot of 
there's unity in the church, but there's a lot of fractured parts to that unity. Um, when I, as Floyd said, two years ago, I, I was at this church and, and I was telling you the story about, for, um, you know, interviewing or going on view of a call is what we preachers talk about. Um, because they did not hire me, several families left the church. And so I'm praying that we can build that relationship back and there won't be hurt feelings in the congregation if somebody comes back because I'm there, you know. So. Yeah, I know there's a, trying to figure out a way to say this. There's a, prior to me getting, and this was ages ago, before me coming to Crossroads, it was Beulah Baptist at the time, they had had a church split and some families left. And that was, I mean, just, I, I didn't say anything to you, but you did the exact same thing that I did is when I got here, I reached out to all of those families yeah. and said, Hey, how, how can I be here for you? Um, uh, so, um, and I, I, I know we, we weren't a part of that pain, but when you walk right. in, you feel that, that pain and that hurt and you want to, you want to help heal and restore. You want to bring the family back together. You want the right. family to be, to be whole. So, yeah. Right. Um, so uh, let me do this. Normally, 99% of the time, I ask you to pray, but right. uh, I'm going to close in praying for you and for Don and for uh, just Meadowrun community and just uh, everything that God has in store for you guys. So, God, we lift up, first and foremost, we lift up and we praise you and thank you for Mark and for Don. Uh, I just am so blessed by his friendship, by getting to know him over the years uh, and am just excited for all that you have in store for him and for Don at Metal Run Community Church. Uh, I pray that you just give them uh, the spirit of passion and excitement uh, as they transition into this new role. Uh, I definitely lift up and pray for uh, both him and for Don for their health and their well-being as they move forward. Uh, we pray for Meadow Run for just as as Mark said, for just a newness and a freshness, um, uh, a fresh, exhilarating uh, acceptance of the call that you have on that congregation for that community. We pray that you would send the help and the people that they need to do the maintenance things that they need. We pray that you would strengthen and equip them to uh, be your voice in the community, to share your word and to just share the gospel with people in the community and to help meet the needs of people in the community. And we pray for them as a family that you would just restore the, the hope that they once had, that you would heal those relationships where they need to be healed uh, and that you would use them in a mighty way. And as you do, that you would bless them beyond measure as they embark on the journey that you have for them in that community and we pray this in Jesus name Amen Amen